It's Hot Take Monday, and I've got one about Brent Marks that might get me in trouble. We'll get into that today, plus everything you need to know from the Dirt Racing Weekend. Let's go. It's Monday, July 16th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. So after taking down the hundred grand in the historical big one last Thursday, Brent Marks completed at least the big money sweep at Eldora on Saturday night, bagging the $175,000 and becoming King Brent the 39th in the King's Royal. He started th- uh, sixth, but was on the move early and just past halfway. He grabbed the lead from Brian Brown and didn't let it go for the rest of the way. The Saturday show felt similar to the Thursday race. It was just two other guys battling for the early lead and Marks coming in later. Uh, on the, uh, the Thursday show, it was Tyler Courtney and Rico Abreu, and the Saturday show, it was Kerry Matson and Brian Brown. It was an incredible way to cap off the week for Marks and his team, and he cements his place in history as a winner of the King's Royal. Going forward, a lot of people will have him as, if not a favorite, maybe the favorite when we go to Knoxville for the Nationals in a few weeks. Now, here's where I might get a little bit controversial today. I have a, a bit of a hot take, so just kind of hear me out. If these two big money races were standard outlaw format, I don't know that Marks wins either race. And here's why. Marks didn't qualify well any day this week at Eldora. He was 11th in his group on Wednesday, 26th on Thursday, 15th in his group in the Friday program, and 19th for the King's Royal. In the two shows that were standard outlaw formats, he finished 16th on Wednesday and then bowed out of the Friday show when he was scheduled to start 8th in the first heat race. He was uh, eventually credited with 14th in the C-Main after they scratched for the day. Marks made the Thursday feature because he started on the pole of Heat 3, but then eventually faded to third at the end, which was his final, or that was the final transfer spot in that Heat race. And for the King's Royal program, the inverts put him on the pole of Heat 1, which he ended up winning. So he was definitely able to take advantage of the uh, Eldora Big Show format and the inversions. And now you're going to say, but Justin, he drove through the field on Thursday from 14th. And yes, you'd be correct. He did do that. But I think there's a reasonable chance that with the standard outlaw format on Thursday, he wouldn't have made the feature transfer. Remember, he backed up in his heat race. And instead of getting to start up front and just sliding through to grab a transfer, he would then have to drive through the heat to get to a transfer, which probably then would have put him in a B main. And then he'd been even deeper in the feature to start. I also think it was probably a pretty nice advantage for the team to miss that Friday program, which, remember, ran on Saturday and then instead focus on the night show. They didn't put their car at risk, and they could just kind of polish and work on it and get ready for the big money later that night. It's definitely a smart move. I'm not knocking them for the move. But the Outlaw teams didn't have that luxury because the Friday race was a full point show. And I'm not saying all of this to take absolutely anything away from uh, what Mark's accomplished this week, because in the end, when it came down to being fast when it counted, that 19 was tuned up and ready to race. You don't drive from 14th to the win or 6th to the win in these big races unless you are fast. But I think he definitely benefited uh, from that inversion format that happens at Eldora. The two shows that Marks didn't win this week went to David Gravel, and that helped keep things tight in the standings. Brad Sweet leaves Eldora with 42 points on Gravel and 58 on Macedo. Wasn't a great week for Sheldon Hoddenshield. He failed to record a top 10 in any race at Eldora and was 24th in the King's Royal. Definitely not the week those guys were looking for. He slipped to fourth, and he's now 80 points behind Brad Sweet. And Logan Schuhart was outside the top 10 in both points-paying features, and he's dropped to 122 back. So three races in central Pennsylvania coming up this week. We've got the top three separating themselves a bit from the rest of the pack. The Outlaws are at Port Royal on Wednesday before two nights at the Grove this weekend. Drop me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are kind of on my Brent Marks hot take for today.
On the late model side, the Lucas guys closed out a three-race weekend with stops at Tri-City on Friday night and Lucas Oil Speedway on Saturday. On Friday, Hudson O'Neill led all but two laps to score his third win of the season over Tim McCready and Jimmy Owens. For O'Neill, after not winning at all with the series in 2022, he's now bagged three victories in nine days and has climbed into the top five in the standings. And he's also right on the heels of Tyler Erb for fourth. On Saturday night, though, at Wheeland, Johnny Scott shocked the field by leading 49 of 50 laps in a caution-free affair to uh, score his second Lucas win of the year. Owens and Brandon Shepard joined him on the podium. Johnny's other win this season also came at Lucas Oil Speedway back on May 27th. And his stats with the series are pretty crazy when you start looking at them. Over his last 52 Lucas appearances, he has just two top fives, both of which are those wins at Wheatland. Outside of that, he only has four other top 10 finishes with Lucas. And of those 52 race nights, he's been in B-Mains 36 times. But he definitely has Wheatland figured out for sure. In the race for the Lucas Championship, which I think I'm probably the only one that cares about at this point, Tim McCready extended his lead to 100 points leaving the weekend. Brandon Shepard still in second. Ricky Thornton Jr. losing ground, though, in third. He's now 265 points back. This busy stretch for the uh, Lucas Light Models continues this week with a Tuesday stop at Hussets, followed by three nights at I-80 Speedway, culminating in the Silver Dollar Nationals on Saturday night. And a quick note about Ashton Winger. We talked last week about him dropping off the Lucas Tour as a rookie, and Kyle McFadden with Dirt on Dirt confirmed the team's plans over the weekend. They were shorthanded and have decided to just go pick and choose the rest of the year. Winger and that GR Smith-owned team will uh, run the 22 number going forward instead of the 89. And then they're going to continue working on building for the future and uh, kind of winning races on their terms. You can see McFadden's piece over at DirtOnDirt.com. With the Word of Outlaws Land Model Series, we hadn't seen them in action since June 26th at Jacksonville. They got two of three shows in over the weekend with Saturday's race at I-94 postponed to August 2nd because of rain. On Friday night at River City, Shane Clanton scored his first outlaw win since 2019, leading all 40 laps and topping points leader Dennis Erb Jr. and Mike Marler. Clanton was a full-timer with Lucas in 2020 and 2021, but over that stretch, he only scored one victory on that side, and on the outlaw side, he really struggled. Clanton's been pretty strong, though, with the outlaws since returning as a full-time driver, taking the place of uh, teammate Tyler Bruning a while back. And then on Sunday, Red Cedar, pull sitter Mike Marler lost the lead on lap one to Ricky Rice, but Marler got back by him on lap six and was in control the rest of the way. It was Marler's second outlaw win of 2022 and second in just his last three starts. Weiss and Erb completed the podium. Erb's strong weekend saw him extend the championship lead to 170 now over Max Blair, with Tanner English only 14 points behind Blair for second. Everyone kind of from Ryan Gustin, who's in fourth all the way back, is pretty much out of contention. The Outlaws are back next Monday night at Boone Speedway, but this one feels like just Dennis Herb just continuing to just push that lead out, push that lead out. Uh, and I think we're probably on our way to a Dennis Herb Jr. championship. Out in Nebraska, we had more USAC midget fireworks over the weekend. Obviously, this has been a big topic of conversation in the open wheel world. On Friday night, early leader Ryan Timms got hung up in lap traffic and Mitchell Moles was there to pounce, grabbing the lead on lap seven and driving away to his first career national midget victory. Moles has now grabbed his first USAC wins in both the sprint car and the midget over the past week. On Saturday night, though, things didn't go so great for Moles and that Chad Boat-owned team. They flipped in their heat race and had to go to a backup car. Uh, they did drive through the semi to get in the feature, but then crashed again in the main event and finished 21st. Even with the issues, though, I'm still really high on Moles. Him moving from California to the Midwest has really been paying off, and he's been fast a lot. I like the future ahead for Moles. 
As for the fireworks, things got crazy on Saturday night, very late in the going. Ryan Timms was headed for his second win of the week and fourth podium finish, but Corey Joyner got turned around in four right as Timms was going to get the checkered. That set up a green-white checkered finish, and then from there, it was on like Donkey Kong. As they were coming to the white, Kenna McIntosh got by Timms, but uh, chopped him on the front stretch for the lead, which Timms, I don't think, really appreciated. So the huge slider you knew was inbound, and it came, and then neither driver relented in turn two. Both ended up off the track down the backstretch, and Buddy Kofoid was there to take advantage. He led about half of the final lap to score that $10,000 win. The issues for the leaders also promoted Jerry Coons Jr. to second and Zach Dom to the podium. McIntosh ended up 10th with Tims in 11th. It was another instance of two young, talented drivers not wanting to give an inch, and they both ended up paying the price. It was entertaining to watch, though. I, I can't take that away from them. Four top fives over the week, and the win in the finale meant Buddy Kofoid has extended the championship lead to 77 now over Justin Grant. The next points-paying event for the USAC National Midgets is the BC39 at Indy that takes place August 3rd and 4th. And before we shut it down for the day, I wanted to mention the ASCS uh, race from over the weekend. Gunnar Ramey bagged his first National Tour win at US 36 Raceway, and what a top five we had. Ramey was your winner. Corey Day hard charged from 17th to 2nd. Nice to see Corey Day out east. Riley Goodno was 3rd, Garrett Williamson 4th, and Landon Crawley in 5th. Young Guns are really shining here with that 360 series. And the points have been blown wide open as well, with Wayne Johnson taking a step back uh, to continue healing from the crash at Joaquini Speedway that he had. And points leader Blake Hahn went for a big tumble early in the night at US 36. So right now, the top four are only separated by 43 points. And things will get crazy this week as the ASCS starts their summer speed week on Thursday. So a bunch of racing coming up for them and a lot of opportunities for there to be more movement in the standings there. Other weekend sprint car winners included Xavier Doney in war action. Lance DeWeese won Friday at Williams Grove. Jody Robinson scored a 360 win at Placerville. It was her first. Aaron Reitzel won the 410 show at Knoxville. Justin Sanders won the Howard Cating Classic at Ocean. And Mark Dobmeyer won Sunday at Hussets. In other weekend lay model action, Corey Hedgecock and Dale McDowell picked up weekend Southern Nationals wins at Beckley with and Volunteer. Dale McDowell was winner two, uh, in two of those. Josh Rice also won twice at Ponderosa and Richmond. Devin Moran was a Summer Nationals winner at Oakshade. And Greg Satterley and Kyle Hardy were ULMS winners. And with the USMTS Modifieds, Dustin Sorensen, Jake Tim, and Jake O'Neill were weekend winners. There are two items on the streaming schedule today. Speedsport has dwarf cars from Antioch Speedway, and there is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Monday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.